They're overrated. This guy's a future MVP. They need to blow it up. Pay this guy. The regular season matters. He's mediocre. Your opinion's wrong. Welcome to Mediocre Sport Opinion. Hello and welcome to our fourth episode of our podcast. It's Aiden here again and I'm joined by Thomas and Parker. Say hi. Hello everybody, this is Thomas. Hi, this is Parker. And today we're going to be talking about the NBA bubble so far. We'll talk about the playing games and then also some first round matchups we want to highlight and then also some second round stuff that's happening right now. First, I think we want to start off with was the performance by Damian Lillard before all the playoffs happened. He was averaging somewhat around like 37 or something a game. He was just going off. Guys, have anything to say about that? No, just a great, um, a great comeback for him into the playoffs. He kind of, in, he did carry that team basically into the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, that's true. He definitely deserved that bubble MVP that he got. I 100% agree. Damian Lillard balled out during this. Uh, weird time that we're in with them being in the bubble. Yeah. And then another team that we're going to highlight is, of course, the Phoenix Suns. They went 8-0 in the bubble, and they still didn't even make the play-in tournament. I think they only had like a 0.5% chance going to make the playoffs when getting in the bubble, and they were really close to it. They showed a lot of heart. Devin Booker played really well. They weren't even with Kelly Oubre, too. You also had people like Cam Johnson step up in big ways, making big shots. Yeah, I think they kind of defied the odds in this restart. They, I think they kind of showed what they can be in the future, their potential. Devin Booker is going to be one of the best in this league up and coming. So I, I just think they have a lot of potential. Like you said, Cam Johnson stepped up huge. And they have eight and, and just a good core of young guys. Yeah, all those wins that they've been drafting, like Bridges as well, showed up really well. And their future's looking bright, and I think it definitely puts to bed some Booker trade rumors for this offseason. So the Phoenix Suns, if they can do what they did in this during the bubble this next year, make some kind of a splash in free agency once they get Kaiubi back in this draft, I think they are for sure playoff worthy next year in this new season. They could definitely trade for Kevin Love. They need a four. That's what I say that they need. And especially also, they have a great head coach now in Monte Williams. I'm a big believer in him. He's definitely better than that guy from like Europe that they got a couple years ago who didn't last long, Andrew Watson. Like I think they finally found a good coach to keep for longer than two or one year. I think it also showed that they're not the laughing stock of the league anymore. Yeah, they had to stop their playoff drop a little bit, but yeah. I think it's also worth noting that the Suns are going to enter this offseason with, if not the highest, one of the highest um, caps. So I think they could definitely add another piece to that team and, and kind of even take another step forward. That's gonna, the cap situation is going to be a little tricky. They do have some space, but the seller cap is either going to stay the same or go down. So it's not going to be as much as expected due to what all what happened because of COVID. Yeah, they can definitely sign some fours in free agency. I think also they have Dario Saric, who's a free agent, but he didn't play that well. But who knows? Maybe they'll go out and sign Mello or something. That'd be that'd be something. Yeah, they wouldn't sign him. He's probably gonna stay with the Blazers, I would assume. 
So, anything else you want to talk about pre-playoffs? Was there? Bull Bull got his chance. Yeah, it did. Bull Bull did play a little bit. Um, they ran some big lineups too. He did show a little bit of potential, but he hasn't really played in the playoffs at all. No, he the, didn't. But I still, for the game he played, it was pretty good. Yeah. And um, he got a drug test, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. He's Max's favorite player, by the way. He has a jersey of him. Yes, he does. They're just going to try to ease him in, try to develop him. Oh, another thing we can talk about, too, is Michael Porter Jr. did really he well. Stepped up. Yes. Yeah, stepped up. For he sure. finally stepped up what people thought he was going to be. At least during that time, the playoffs is a little different story. But before the playoffs, he was actually doing really well. So now we'll move into the playing game. It was the Grizzlies and the Trailblazers. Grizzlies did kind of poorly in the bubble. Didn't do well. Also didn't help when Jaron Jackson Jr. went out, so they lost their second best player. So Portland won the first game. It was kind of close, but Dame did really well in that. I don't I don't recall how many points he dropped, but I'm guessing it was a lot. But Ja and them, they'll be back next year. They're only gonna get better with Ja and Jaron and Dylan Brooks. They also still have Valentunis and Winslow too, some good complimentary pieces. There's not really, the only thing is that there's not really much to do to upgrade their team. They don't have their first round pick this year as it's going to Boston. But there's definitely a team on the rise and one to watch out for in the next couple of years. Yeah, uh, like you said, they have a, a good young core. And I think Jaw's going to be one, one of the elite players in this league eventually. He showed a lot of potential, one rookie of the year. And, and I like their team a lot, how it's constructed. We forgot to talk about Brandon Clark. He had a really good rookie season as well. Um, great defensively. He's coming off the bench for him, too. Yeah, kind of a late pick. What was he, mid-20s? To, like, 24, I believe. And, kind of, and came up huge for the team, so. Yeah, I thought that was one of the greatest steals at the draft at that point. So now I think we're just going to talk about some individual playoff series that we just feel like talking about. The 76ers and Celtics. So the Celtics swept the Sixers in that one. The Sixers were without Ben Simmons, but the games weren't really close. It wasn't an intense playoff series as you think it would be. Yeah, the 76ers just didn't look like they came ready to play. They were outmatched in almost every statistical category and just didn't didn't seem like they wanted to even be there. Yeah, and B didn't really play well. And then right after the series was over, they fired Brett Brown right away. You knew that was going to happen no matter what. Yeah, it was the 76er team coming in the next year. I think it's going to look kind of different. Either get rid of Embiid or Simmons, depending on which one, for requiring something different. It's just I don't see this, them two staying together anymore. Yeah, they don't fit really well together. I think they definitely should trade one of those two. But we'll see if they actually do that. If I was trading somebody, I would trade... I think I would trade Embiid. I think it would be easier to build yeah, a I'd team. Yeah, I have to agree. It'd be easier to build a team around Simmons than Embiid. And I think you get a lot for Embiid. Do you think that Elton Brand will continue as GM? Well, I think he still has a job right now, so I'm guessing he will. He's kind of more like a yes man. He'll do what the owners say. So I think that's why he's in charge, really, because he didn't really have any experience beforehand. Another series that we are going to talk about is... Well, one series I want to talk about just for a quick second is just the Clippers and Mavericks series with Luka Doncic. Morris. Yep, Luka Doncic, Marquise Morris's uh, little feud going on. Beef. Yeah. So 
Luca and Markeef kind of got into a couple scuffles and stuff. Uh, Markeef stepped on his ankle one time. Or Marcus, sorry. Marcus Morris. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, Marcus <laughs> Morris, not Markeef. They look so much alike. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're a twin, so what do you expect? Yeah. Yeah, so Luca just played really well, hit that buzzer beater in game three or so. He's just looking like a future MVP candidate. Right now, he's probably my favorite to win the MVP next year. Team's probably just going to keep on going up with him and Porzingis being the one-two there. Yeah, I think if Porzingis doesn't go down in that series, maybe they force a game seven. But just without him, I don't think there was they had much of a shot of winning that series. Yeah, I just got a quick question for you guys. Do you think Marquise's attempts on Luca, not Marquise, Marcus, <laughs> my bad, attempts on Luca, his dirty plays, think they were intentional or not? Had some intent to it, but Mark, the Morris, both of them are they're kind known of, for that. Yeah, they're known for being kind Getting of. Getting under like people's that. skins. Yeah, they're good at doing stuff. that. Hard to say if it was intentional. Probably not. Just get in his head. Yeah. So, the next series that we're going to talk about was the Thunder and Rockets series that went to game seven. Great series. Yeah, Great that series. was. Game seven was insane. Harden played like shit, but luckily he finally found a way to play some defense and knock that three-point shot out of Lucas Dort. That was a big play. Big yeah, play. and they were able to win the game. I really wanted the Thunder to win this series. Yep, same here. Yeah, all I three. Think, I think most people going in the playoffs were kind of rooting Thunder. They're kind of the Cinderella story team this season. Yeah, I would agree with that. And the Rockets are probably, like, the most hated in yeah, the NBA. Yeah, villainized for sure. Yeah. Well, you just look at the, the Thunder's team that they had. It's just kind of like how they end up making the exactly. this seed. Right? Yeah, CP3 played amazing this year, led that team really well. That three-guard lineup with Gilgis Alexander and Schroeder, too, played very well together. Gallinari did his job. The one thing was the question going in the series was Steven Adams and how he's going to do in that small ball lineup. They didn't take him out a lot, so he did play a lot. He did okay. He's a free agent this year. They're going to sign him. Uh, he's not a free agent. He's just eligible for extension this oh, summer. My bad. But they have like a bunch of stuff like that that to deal with. Because right now, I would trade CP3. He has a lot of value right now. Yes, for sure. Right. After the season he, he had. Yeah, he didn't even miss one game this year. And just imagine if he if he has like one hamstring injury this next season, his stocks are gonna go all the way down. So I'd sell high on him right now. They're gonna have to take back some salary, but they can get not that bad a return. I think they should just start rebuilding. Yeah, especially with all the picks they have and young pieces, they definitely should just maybe take a step back and start looking at a rebuild. Yeah. Lugans Dort. Yeah. And what kind of series he had. And- just the plays he was making. Yeah. Especially so, game seven, specifically game seven. Yeah, he led all scorers that game with 30 points. The guy was an undrafted rookie starting in the G League this year. Wasn't he like the one of the, the third player to ever score 35 points or something in a game? Yeah. In a playoff game behind LeBron and... As a rookie. As yeah. A rookie? yeah, as a rookie, yeah. 30 that's, points, yeah. That says something about him, too. Yeah, and he's just... Great defensively. He knew Harden very well. Harden, they both went to Arizona State. Harden would come back in the fall and do some scrimmages with the team, and Lucas Dort would be there guarding him. So he played really well this year. Hopefully he's there to stay, and hopefully he can find some more minutes for himself. So the next series that we're going to talk about was by far the best series of the whole playoffs so far, 
And that was Donovan Mitchell versus Jamal Murray, the Nuggets versus the Jazz. Just a great series. Yeah, I mean, great basketball. There's deep, a lot of defense there, a lot of scoring. Game seven was, what, 80 to 78? Like, both teams wanted it so bad, they were willing to do whatever, and just an incredible series from both. Yeah, Jamal Murray really stepped it up this series. A lot of people thought Jokic would be their leading scorer. Jamal Murray stepped the heck up. He had three straight games with 40-plus points. Mitchell did the same as well. It was just a really good series, fun to watch. At game six, Jamal Murray is just on fire, hitting every shot, every step back three, all that. And then game seven, it wasn't as entertaining as the other ones, but it was a good game because of all the defense that they played. Exactly, yes. After this series, I think um, these two are going to kind of be intertwined or connected forever just for this particular series and I think we kind of saw a new potential budding rivalry between these two teams and their two superstars yeah who who said that that was like Larry Bird and yeah I saw something on actually Twitter saying that this could be like the new uh, magic bird type rivalry it's it's not going to be like that but no it's not going to quite live up to that but it's definitely entertaining to watch so one thing I do want to focus in on is what the Jazz are going to do next. So Mike Conley didn't do really well in the regular season. He kind of showed up for playoffs. He had a couple games where he did really good. They're still paying him a lot. But I don't really just see, like, their ceiling any higher than it is. Like, I think they can only win one playoff series, and that's it. I don't ever see him as contenders, even though they're missing Bogdanovich, who does play the four for him. But they're just, I don't see their ceiling isn't that high, in my opinion. Even with Mitchell progressing every year. The only way that they can maybe go higher is if Mitchell becomes like an MVP candidate and they get like two more scorers off the bench besides Jordan Clarkson. Off earlier this season, talking about when the whole coronavirus happened and it closed on the season and Rudy Gobert was the first one and him and Donovan Mitchell had this big, I don't know if you would say fight, but big scandal or something like that. Just a little, like a... Little feud that Little came feud. Out. They talked about getting rid of Gobert. Do you think that's still a possibility here? Or do you think he proves himself? I don't think he'll get traded because, in my opinion, he's literally only worth something to the Jazz in this age right now. Like, he's good for what the Jazz need him for, but for other teams, he's going to have to do a lot more than what he does for the Jazz. He's way more valuable to the Jazz than any other team. Yeah, and the Jazz definitely need to focus on bench their bench, especially scoring off the bench. I mean, I think we saw in the series that it was just non-existent points coming off the bench. So Mitchell was doing it all. He was scoring yeah, the most exactly. by far. Ingles didn't do that well. And Conley stepped up a couple games, but other games he had some duds. So, yeah, I don't really see him going that much farther than, like, winning the first playoff series. So I think it's interesting to see what they can do for the next offseason or so. See if – so now we're going to move into some second-round matchups. So which series do you guys want to talk about first? I have a feeling I know what's going to be, but... Definitely Bucks Heat. Yeah, that's what I thought. Especially for me. So the Miami Heat won the first three games. They pretty much manhandled them. Giannis is having an okay... Some controversy in game two. Yeah, well, the whole game was kind con- The whole yeah. two minutes, so... Mm-hmm. But yeah, said, game one and game three, Heat yes. took it to the Bucks. Yeah, so game two, there's a couple missed calls and stuff like that. Some people thought Middleton shouldn't have got fouled on that three-pointer. 
but he did. But then they, Jimmy Butler got called for a foul, so they just thought to just cancel it out for that last second. Jimmy Butler did hit those clutch free throws for him. And then game four, Giannis got hurt, but the Bucks were still able to prevail and win in overtime. As Chris Middleton went off, um, he hit a late dagger in OT. As of right now, they haven't played game five. We'll see how it goes for him. It sounds like Giannis was in a walking boot, so we'll see if he's able to play or not. It all comes back if comes back for the Bucks if uh, Chris Middleton shows up and he played like game four. If he can do that and be his all-star self, then I think they have another chance, again, at winning this next one. But I would have to take the heat. Do you think Chris Middleton slept on? Is he showing you a lot more than what you would expect from him? Because I think he's one of the more underrated players in the league. He is quite underrated. Of course, when you have a player like Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. there on the team, that's kind of hard to compare someone. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chris Middleton is there, and he is their next best player. You kind of expect a little bit more because you have Giannis on the team. That's what I have to say. He is very clutch. Ask some Celtics fans about that. They love him when they face him. Really, that's just one big thing. I hope the Bucks prevail. Be the first team ever to come down from 3-0. But uh, we'll see. The Heat are, I knew the Heat had our number throughout the year. They're the only team that beat us twice. And they've done that the past two years, I believe. So I knew they had a number. I knew it would be a tough series. Just the key culture and all that. They have, they're one of the best-run organizations ever. And Jimmy Butler is such a fit into that organization as well. Don't count the Bucks out, though. Yeah. I know Giannis gets all the attention there in Milwaukee, but they got some other ball players that can get wins for them, and they can piece, piece games together and steal a couple from the Heat. And if Giannis can come back for Game 6, Game 7, they could take this series. Yeah, they definitely could. So another second-round matchup we're going to talk about is going to be the Clippers and Nuggets. They're tied 1-1 right now. Kawhi did really well game one, led him to victory, and then game two he struggled, and then Jamal Murray kind of... <laughs> Broke Kawhi's ankles. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an interesting series. I think the Clippers are still going to be able to pull this through. I just think they have too much talent on that team, too much depth. And I do question if they can defend Kawhi that well for a couple games because I don't know if Jerry and Grant can really hold them that much to that. Yeah, I mean, just being able to guard both Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, I think for so many teams is really hard because they can both score from driving, shooting threes, and most teams don't have two guys that are 6'8", 6'9", that can defend those type of players. Yeah, and they have so many people to guard Jamal Murray too in this series. They can put Bev, Pat Bev on them. They put Paul George and Kawhi also on them. They even put Marcus Morris in some situations on them just to get a bigger body on them. They just have so many good defenders to throw at them. Yeah, the Clippers' depth is the I think the best in the NBA at this point. By far. Yeah, they can, they can guard off the bench. They have scoring off the bench. Lou Williams. Montrez Harold. Yep. So, I, I honestly didn't think that the Nuggets would win a game in this series. So, the fact that they were able to take game two and not fairly uh, easily take game two was kind of a surprise to me. They got scoring off the bench in Harrell and Lou Williams. Lou Williams can score in bunches, as we all know. They also have Shamit, who can shoot a bunch of threes off the bench. They also have Reggie Jackson, who's pretty good backup point guard, I'd say. Yeah, and they still have Beverly in the starting lineup who can defend a lot, and they have Morris who can knock down some shots for them. They just got, their whole team's just so good compared to what the Nuggets have. Like, the Nuggets used to be a pretty deep team, but 
the Clippers just one up on that category, I'd say. One thing to watch out for, I think, is Michael Porter Jr. Coming off the bench, I think he could have the potential to score a lot of points off the bench, but I only think he had, like, at sometimes he could get a smaller guy on him. I think he has to take advantage of him, either posting up or off the dribble if Jermichael Green has to guard him. He's also a bigger body for the Nuggets to maybe put on George or Kawhi, even though not known for defense, but can just be another bigger body. Yeah, he can be a big body and throw out one of them. So, yeah, I think we all are in agreement. We think the Clippers are probably going to pull this out still. How much of a series will it be, though? Maybe six, but probably five. I've got to go with five. Right. I was surprised the Nuggets even took a game, and they took it pretty handily game two, but I, I just don't see them even winning another game in this series. I would have to – I personally say I think it could be going to be six because I the Nuggets came out and they came out and took game two – so I'm thinking that they can do this and they can get that kind of attitude. Maybe they can take the next one, but after that, I think Kawhi and Paul George are going to get pissed off and just go off. I think it's only going to be like a six-game series at most. I think the Clippers will be able to adjust. Kawhi is still going to get his buckets. He's going to bounce back after that bad game. But tonight's game is very crucial to see who wins. It goes up 2-1. to one. Yeah, at some point, the Nuggets are going to kind of be just exhausted from all the games they played this far and... I do want to talk about is the Nuggets trading for another star. Something that was brought up a lot because they didn't think Murray could really be that number two option. Does that really change your mind at all with his performance if they need to trade for another star still? No, um, he's still a great player and it would just enhance their team more. I don't think it'd be a knock on Murray at all trying to get another score. I mean, getting another guy would just help him more and give him more of a chance to win a championship. Yeah, but would you want to get rid of Michael Porter Jr. as a centerpiece for a deal? Because I still think he has a ton of potential left. Depends on what kind of star you're going at. So if they got Bradley Beal and Michael Porter was the main piece going back? I would be fine with that. You'd be fine with that? I would, honestly. Because I feel like Bradley Beal would really excel his team to be a championship caliber team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but let's just not see him, like, trade him. I wouldn't trade him for Drew Holiday. And I wouldn't, no, no. I wouldn't trade him for Kevin Love either. No, no, so, it'd have to be Bradley Beal or equal or greater value than yeah. Bradley Beal. Levine, no. I don't think he's tradable. I don't think they're going to Yeah, I don't think, I think the, the Bulls, Bulls want to I like Bulls keep him as their piece, centerpiece. Yeah. He's not a centerpiece, that's for sure. Um, so, yeah, looks like the Celtics are about to take game five. They're up by 21 in the fourth. I think the Celtics should have uh, taken this series a lot sooner than what they did. Because the Raptors, I just don't see them as a uh, championship caliber or like a playoff team after Kawhi left. I mean, sure, they still had all these great pieces and stuff. I just didn't really see all this going in their favor. Yeah, I freaking hate Kyle Lowry. He cries to the refs all the time. <laughs> it's just a baby. So, yeah, it looks like the Celtics are going to pull this off. I, was, I think the Celtics are going to win the rest of the series. I think they have a lot of talent. I think Tatum's going to do really well. Kemba's giving them some experience. I do I do think it'll go to a game seven though. Personally. But I I also like the Celtics taking this series. Round series we're gonna talk about is the Rockets and Lakers. They played game two last night. Lakers won. Um, but it is one to one right now. Rockets somehow pulled out game one. Anthony Davis and LeBron put up decent numbers those games, but the Rockets just really just played better. So they have game three tomorrow. It's gonna be a pretty good game. We'll see how 
we'll see how Anthony Davis does. He did really well game two. See how he responds. See what the Rockets do to adjust to it, too, and see how good Harden and Westbrook do. Yeah, if the Lakers want to win this series, they really need to take advantage of the Davis-Tucker mismatch that they have at almost all times. Even Davis-Green, 30 points per game and at least 10 rebounds per game. And if he can do that, I think they have, they're they probably going to win this series. There's so, yeah, and they're running them at center now in this series, too. Um, JaVale McGee got hurt last night. Um, so they're going to be running them even more at the five which is probably what they should do. And yeah, I think he's getting guarded by PJ and then Rocco. Definitely have to take advantage of his size. And then LeBron's just going to be LeBron. Going to get 20 points, probably 10 assists. One thing that did happen in game two was that Rajon Rondo stepped up a lot. He played like 20 or so minutes. He had 10 points and 9 assists, but his plus minus was like 28 or so. Didn't he also have four or five steals? Yeah, he's going to do really well in this series. He's a veteran, help him out a lot. Um, really, he's just in the game to help take pressure off LeBron, for him to take some plays off the ball handling duties. Yeah, on the Rockets side, um, I think we're seeing Russell Westbrook struggle a lot, turning the ball over, not making shots. Just Well, he's always turned the ball over. Getting in his head, trying to do too much. When he yelled at the fans the other day about yeah. talking shit. I don't know. Right now, I think he's harming them more than he's helping them. And I think if they took his minutes back a little bit, it would actually help the Rockets some. Yeah, probably would. And then another thing is it's probably D'Antoni's job on the line. I still think he's probably going to get let go if they don't win the series. And then he's already been connected to Indiana. So I think a lot's riding on this, even for Daryl Morey, too taking a ton of swings, but never really getting them to the championship. So this might be his last year even, too. All right, so right now we're just going to do some final stuff that I think will happen. So what it's looking like right now, I think the finals is going to be Clippers and Heat. The Heat are just dominating right now. They swept the Pacers. I thought the Pacers would take a couple of games, but they completely swept them. They've been dominating against Milwaukee. I just don't really see a team that can stop them. And then the Clippers, I think they'll get past the Nuggets. I also think the Lakers will get past the Rockets. But I think that LA, Battle of LA, is going to be a very good matchup to watch. The Clippers just have so many bodies to throw at LeBron. I think they can shut him down. I don't really think they're even trying that hard yet on defense. And I think especially in that battle for LA, that they'll try a lot harder on defense on LeBron. And then in that series, I'd probably just take the Clippers in like six games. They're just too deep. The Heat will have a good run. They just don't have enough scoring, I'd say. Like, who's really their main scorer? Like, their main scorer is Jimmy Butler. But after that, who's really their secondary scorer? Hero, maybe. It's probably Drogic's been doing decent. But, like, they don't really have that second score after Butler. And even if so, I'd still want Paul George or Kawhi over Jimmy Butler. Lou Williams might even outscore Butler in the series. That's not, Lou yeah. Williams just gets buckets off the bench. So, yeah, the Clippers, if that would happen. I think Clippers are going to win it all this year. Yeah, um, I'm going to go with uh, Lakers Heat for mine. I do think the Clippers are going to make it to the conference finals. It's going to be an L.A. battle, as Aiden said. I just have a feeling that LeBron wants this, this ring really bad, make it to the finals since he didn't make it last year and ended his streak. Didn't make the playoffs last year. Didn't make the playoffs. 
at all. But if you wouldn't have got hurt, I still think they could have been a decent team last year. Could have at least made the playoffs. But I think LeBron just wants to go out there and play his heart out. And I think even with Kawhi and Paul George and how deep the Lakers, the Clippers are, that I think AD and LeBron are just going to go out there and ball out and just get the dubs. The main point, if the Lakers are going to win, the main factor is going to be Kyle Kuzma, how much he can score off that bench. He's a big part of that team. He's treated as a third star pretty much, and he probably should be. But it just depends on how he does during that series, I'd say. For me, I'm going to kind of throw it back to 70s, 80s, and I'm going to take Lakers-Celtics, the rivalry. Um, I like... Like like Aiden and Parker, I like the Battle of L.A. out west. And I got, like Parker, LeBron, I think he wants it this year more than ever. Wants to win third champ, uh, third championship with the third team. And I think he's going to kind of take over that series. Davis is obviously going to be a big part, but I think that's going to be LeBron's series. And then I think the Celtics are too good out east. They have Tatum, Kemba, Marcus Smart, Brown. Just a lot of guys that play both ways and can do a lot. So I like them. And then in the finals, I would take the Los Angeles Lakers. I think LeBron gets it done for the Lakers, and they end up winning the championship. Um, Another thing I kind of want to talk about, this is going off of if an L.A. team wins the finals. Uh, I think it will have some major impacts on LeBron and Kawhi for their legacies if they win another title. For Kawhi, it would be... He'd be the first person ever to win a third title with three teams. And I think he'd also get finals MVP. That's something, in my opinion, that could catapult him into the top 10 category of greatest of all time. It's very controversial. Might even be, like, if he wins two more even, I think he should be in the GOAT conversation. I think he's just that good of a player. The only thing, he doesn't have any accolades during the regular season. But in the postseason, he turns it up, balls out, and he leads his team to championships. Yeah, I, like this conversation like we're having right now, Kawhi and LeBron, it's, those two are kind of been going at each other since Kawhi's been drafted and being his, the king's so-called assassin. Spurs, Spurs beat him in the, heat, mm-hmm. in the finals a couple yeah. of years. Yeah, I think this has just kind of got some rivalry going back and forth, and I just got a feeling that with LeBron there, he's been here so many times. I'm not saying Kawhi hasn't, but he's just – LeBron's getting, so, getting older, he's getting smarter – and he's finding more ways that he can play without having to score points. Do you guys think if LeBron wins, is he the GOAT then, or is it still Jordan? Still Jordan. Jordan's got six. Jordan does have six. Jordan's six for six, too. Exactly, yes. Four for 12, like LeBron. Yeah, the whole GOAT conversation to me is I can see it both ways, personally. Jordan has, he's, he's gone six for six, got all these rings. And then LeBron has his amazing career stats. And if you kind of look that way, you can kind of say LeBron. But if you want championship rings, you got to say Jordan. It just depends on what kind of what you're looking for in your conversation. This debate's probably going to go on forever, even if LeBron wins two more rings or so. It's going to be going on forever, probably till we all die. And will never be agreed upon. No, it will never be agreed upon. All right, another thing we're going to talk about is just the MVP all the other awards came out. MVP, I think we all know who's going to win it. It's going to be Giannis. He dominated this year. He improved even more on his MVP numbers. Then not a lot of people knew this, but he only played 30 minutes a game. 
averaged 30 minutes a game while LeBron played 34 minutes a game. So if he even played even more minutes, his stats would be even more deflated up, inflated up. I say Giannis right now is by far the best player in the league. He deserves back-to-back MVPs, and anything that he can do from now is just going to help him throughout his career. Yeah, and he became the third person ever to win MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same year. Him, Hakeem, and Michael Jordan, all in that category. It's Giannis, and I don't really think it's even close. So the rest of the playoffs is going to be very interesting, and we look forward to talking to you guys about it in our future podcasts. Yeah, thank you guys for listening, and make sure you check out our Instagram account and hit that follow button on Mediocre Sport Opinions. And as usual, remember, your opinion doesn't matter. Yeah, it does.